Hi, Tilly here. The episode you're about to hear was recorded on May 21st, 2023. It's a topical episode, but that means in the time since recording, there have been important updates about some of the topics discussed. I want to preserve the episode as it was recorded live because I think our reactions and discussion are important. But there's additional context now, so please stay tuned after the credits for an update on two big pieces of news that are discussed. Thanks. Welcome to Tilly's Trans Tuesdays. Today we're talking about a broader topic that affects all of the queer community, but as trans people are definitely part of that, it fits right in here. And it's Pride Month, so that means we're going to talk about rainbow capitalism. Hi, I'm Tilly Bridges, your host, and I'm joined by my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token cis representation, the unequivocally more beautiful than a rainbow, Susan Bridges. Unequivocally. Unequivocally. Wow. You're so pretty. Okay. <laughs> our returning guest is Felix Mack. He's a queer and trans writer originally from Scotland. With a background in activism, Felix is now in L.A. trying to spread the message of trans joy from as big a screen as possible. Welcome back, Felix. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be back. Yeah, I, I had some questions here I was going to ask you, and I realized we already talked about them in the last episode. <laughs> I was going to ask why you came to the U.S. And Well, okay, I guess a little. you t- only touched on this one a little bit, but what is trans life like in Scotland? Like, how different is it from here? Mm, okay, well, obviously it's rainier. That's the first thing. <laughs> That's important because trans people melt in the rain. So it's right. good to know. Like witches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Happens more often than you than you'd think. Don't tell the church that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so healthcare is massively different. I guess is the, is the big thing. We have specific gender clinics, which I think there's like kind of kind of something similar to that here, depending on your provider. But these are you know everything is through our national health service. We have we do have some private stuff, but that's really for people who have a lot more money. Most people yeah. access healthcare through their general practitioner their 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 doctors their first port of call for everything and that is free at the point of of entry basically so in scotland i think there are like now two gender clinics and again this friend that i literally met up with a couple nights ago who works in healthcare in scotland was just they're so oversubscribed you know um yeah people are literally waiting like years years and years and years on these waiting lists and that is to be seen for the first time so we're talking like five years like literally it's like it's it's bonkers over there again i was very lucky i i was i did most of my transitioning in and the north of england um i managed to find somebody handily had a, a list of 
the waiting times for all of the gender clinics. I picked the one with the shortest and I got in there at the right time. And it's yeah. still a fight. There's also, there is no informed consent in the UK. You really have to have a doctor sign off on on everything. It's usually yeah. signatures for any kind of surgery. Hormones have to be signed off. You know, you, you if you're lucky, you get an endocrinologist. I had a fight with mine and I said, I don't, I don't want to deal with you anymore because he was asking me invasive, invasive questions that had nothing to do with hormones. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I, that's why I came to North America for my top surgery because I was like, I, I, I was lucky enough to have a little bit of money and I was like, I'm getting this done on my terms as quickly as possible. I don't yeah. want to wait all this time. And I've, so many of my friends have not been afforded that, you know? So I think the main thing is, is, is the way that the healthcare system is structured. I think in terms of the political landscape, we're not so far apart, unfortunately, these days. Yeah. The difference, I would say, is for me personally, it feels a lot more scary here. And I, I don't know if that is because right-wing extremism feels so much more of a threat here. And also yeah. there's um, those, those things are definitely, you know, I, I think about the possibility of not leaving an event before I go to it a lot I've never felt like that in the UK you know that that's that's something I think of here and it's it's absolutely it's the guns let's get rid of yeah, the guns it absolutely yeah absolutely <laughs> I'm with you there all the way yeah no it's you know I know in the US the, some of the wait times can be really long too for surgeries and a lot of people need like multiple doctor's notes but I think what I'm not sure if everyone listening understands but like like you were saying, if sometimes the wait is years to even just get that first appointment, that's years that you're not on hormones if that's something you want. And for like trans kids and teens, that can be life altering in a really bad way if they don't get access to that before they go through the wrong puberty. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's 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 I just find it so incredibly irritating, these turf talking points and in my opinion turfs are like the stupidest people alive yes as you've but said it's many like, times i'd like to say that just so they know they're like everyone's getting rushed into surgery yeah, and kids are going to the doctor and getting surgeries i'm like they know literally in about it the u.s or even the uk people have you ever had that experience have you ever gone to the doctor and asked for something and they said sure and that was it and you were done that has literally not... never happened no yeah. i mean and the insurance in our country is absolutely insane yeah it's its own nightmare it's a nightmare yeah so it's just oh okay all right so felix for you what has been the most surprising thing about transitioning hmm i okay so i wouldn't say maybe it's not so surprised maybe to other people this isn't surprising but i really had to quite quickly learn how to take up space as a man in a more cautious way. So <clears throat> sure, I, I identified as a lesbian from the age of 11, basically. Like I, so I was, I guess you could say I was like, butch, I've never really identified with that term. And I was constantly fighting to be seen and as, and taken seriously. And so taking up this space and also some of that was, you know, making myself spiky because I was dealing with a lot of homophobia and also my yeah. what was going on inside of me that I didn't know about. And then when I started being read as male, I realized that women would cross the street when we were walking on the same street, especially at night. And yeah. that, that was devastating to me 
for for a little while that was really really hard i was like oh i'm 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 the threat now i'm the threat and i really had to quite quickly shelf my feelings about that and then be like okay i need i need to, to be aware of that i need to think about that i need to make sure that i am doing everything in my power con- like when i'm like conscious and able to to, to not allow women to, to to feel threatened by me and that means maybe i'm the person to cross the road you know maybe i'm making sure that if i'm if i'm behind a woman on a on a dark night and it's just the two of us i'll get out of the way you know because i'm i'm now the person who's seen as the predator and that was something i you know i like i i've always been around women i you know i really devoted myself very hard to the lesbian cause i've listened to a lot of melissa etheridge shout out to melissa. <laughs> you know so then to kind of make this and to be really immersed in in like lesbian culture and then make this switch to like oh i'm the thing that like we i used to make fun of i used to <laughs> fear even is it's it's a lot to reconcile but to put a, a good spin on that i think that like i'm not alone in that experience i know a lot of of trans men like that and i think that that that's an opportunity to quote unquote do the work which isn't a phrase i really enjoy because it doesn't really say anything but it's an opportunity to to change the the landscape of what that looks like and to really think deeply about how you want to show up in the world and i feel like i mean i i don't ever think the work is done but i feel like it's something that i consciously want to commit to and i see a lot of other trans men consciously wanting to commit to and i think that that is really important so yeah yeah, that's really good. And I'm glad that there are, are good guys out like you out there doing that. And, you know, when I was back when I thought I was a cis man and the world saw me that way, I, I was always conscious of those things, too. I remember there was one time specifically that there was a real skeezy guy following this woman around on the subway and he wouldn't leave her alone. So I got up and I stood between them so that he would stop. I was between them for the rest of the subway ride and he left her alone then. And one of the things that I realized now is that I would still feel like I would want to do that, but it would be so much more dangerous for me to do that now because people don't see me the same way. And so it's, yeah, it's really, I'm glad that there's, there's folks like you out there that are are doing that. And and because yeah, it's harder for, for people like me to do that now. So I'm, I'm glad. I'm really glad you're a good person, Felix. Oh, I'm I'm trying to be. Thank you. (laughs) What's one piece of advice that you would give to people who are just starting their transition? Okay, it's it's absolutely normal to doubt yourself and it doesn't mean that it's not the right decision. I think yeah. that one we really don't talk about because, and it makes so much sense that we don't talk about this. We don't talk about how terrifying it is. We don't talk about how much you misgender your own self in your head all the time how much you yeah that was rough at first right you forget your you forget your name sometimes because it's ingrained you like all these things that people think well you should have you should have known as soon as you came out of the womb and then you should have waited five thousand years and then maybe you might be trans it's no we're all people and i think that like i i was talking to a friend about this who's who's about to, to go for for their top surgery and and they were saying you know i keep i keep having this feeling like that I'm going to wake up and it's going to be a terrible mistake. That is absolutely normal. It's absolutely normal to feel like that about any massive life change. And it doesn't mean that you're not trans. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't like pursue this thing because for, you know, that for the bigger percentage of the time you, you want slash really need this thing, you know, I would really encourage people to be more open 
with people who it feels safe to to talk about this with because i think that doubt is really really hard and it, it causes a lot of people to wait a lot longer and then regret that they've waited that long you know so yeah so definitely just talk more about it be open about it and i mean i probably should probably say this at the end but i am an open book for trans people I'm, i do not profess to know everything or have all of the up-to-date information but if, if there are trans people out there and are listening and they want to talk to another trans person my my inbox is always open so just shoot me a message yeah same I, I i say the same thing to a lot of people a lot of people have done that they've sent me dms or emails and they're just like you're the first person i've ever told that i think i'm trans and i don't know what to do and it can be just helpful just to have somebody listen who has yep. been there, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's also really, really important what you said about doubt, because I, I had some myself. I think all of us do. And you hit on the exact key thing, which is that you're going to have these doubts about any big life decision. Like I remember when Susan and I decided to move to Los Angeles and really, really pursue our writing career in the middle of the move out here. I had doubts. I'm like, is this the right thing? Was this a giant mistake? Do you know, is this really what we should be doing? And it was, and it's been great, and I love it. And it was a terrible trip. And well, that's a different story. <laughs> it was but, like, yeah, it did not account for the mountains, like yeah. driving no. over the mountains. It was a mess. That would take okay, but but yeah. the point is, <laughs> any very any big thing that you do in your life, you're probably going to have some doubts about, and that doesn't mean that it's the wrong decision. It's just a normal human thing to wonder, you know, if you're doing the right thing. And so, I'm really glad you mentioned that. I think that's really good. And also, as you mentioned, if people do want to reach out to you or find you, remind folks again where they can find you online. Oh, yeah. Uh, Instagram is best. And it's just at Felix Mac Writes. Perfect. And also just to say, from what you both were saying, I'm so glad that you made the decision to move out here and, and pursue your careers, because literally look at you both go like, I feel like hey, I'm on Instagram and there's another thing that you're both doing. And I'm just I'm just so happy for you both. I think it's amazing. So congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. It, it, it's been a lot of hard work for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, we don't look back that often and be like, oh, look how far we've come. Even We're just looking at the next thing going, oh, my God. How do we get to that? How do we? Mountain. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> so thank you. Well, congrats. All right. So if you're unsure exactly what rainbow capitalism is or why it upsets so many people, this is the episode for you because we have evidence galore. But what it basically amounts to is corporations posting rainbow logos and selling queer merch while otherwise stabbing us in the back. On the surface, you'd maybe think the rainbow slash pride merch isn't a bad thing. Any group being catered to by a corporation means they've realized there's money to be made from that group, and that's worth more to them than the blowback from bigots who will complain, theoretically. So in that respect, and that respect only, I think you can see it as a good thing, or at least a sign that some societal acceptance is changing for the better. No corporation in the 1980s was selling rainbow merch or even claiming to support queer people, right? So that, that is real progress. And if that's all it was, then it wouldn't be so bad. It'd be just another sign of the rampant commercialization and commodification of everything in our capitalist society. And I admit that it's nice to have merch with the trans flag on it. I have a shirt with the Star Trek Delta trans flag combo that means so much to me because it's official. But that's also more than just blowing smoke because Trek has been actually featuring non-cis characters. You can see a photo of me in that shirt in the Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic. 
I think they could still do a little more, though, and I don't think they've always gotten it perfect, but there's actual real progress in Star Trek, and it means the world to me and a lot of other trans and non-binary folks. And I love that I have this goofy tank top with a cat wearing pride flag sunglasses, as ludicrous as it is. And there's a photo of that in the text versions of this topic as well. But it's not all fun t-shirts and mugs and socks and pajamas. A lot of the time, there's sadly something much more sinister going on. There are even more naked grabs for queer dollars by companies who want to have the appearance of supporting us while not even having the guts to mention who it is they're supporting. There's a tweet from our own sound mixer and audio maven Jillian, hi Jillian, from when she was working at a radio station. And it reads, our station is actually running pride promos. They say wonderful sentiments like all means y'all and whatever flag you fly or what color your stripes are. You know what they don't say? Anything about gay or queer listeners. And sometimes a corporation tries to get in on the action without even realizing what they're doing or possibly implying. Which one is so... As an ad from Burger King Austria does, it shows two burgers, one with two top buns and one with two bottom buns, and it says, time to be proud. Tops and bottoms, huh? Sure. Tell me no queer person worked on that ad without telling me no queer person worked on that ad. You can see a screenshot of it in the text versions of this. So, yeah, Felix, go ahead. Sorry, I, I was literally making fun of this last night. The <laughs> and my friend was just like, Ew, <laughs> I think I had seen too something someone posted from like years back, and maybe it was McDonald's or something. And it was just like, there were like vague rainbow things, and it was like, dip your chicken nuggets in your shake, like do things. <laughs> what? It was so weird. Okay. It was the weirdest thing. Okay. It was like, you do what works for you or something. And it was just, yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? They, they don't know. Uh, well, Felix, have you come across any hilariously bad things advertised to queer people? Or it was clear there wasn't like a single queer person involved? Oh, God. I feel like a lot of the time it's not even in intentional. Yeah. Um, there's times when you're just like, oh, you don't know what that means. And it's like, it's kind of, it's, it's usually rude, you know? Like, yeah. Um, and, and you think that in the queer community means something like, like it's like a weird slang term for sex. So I won't go into too many. You're like, who came up with this? Like, why are you calling the bus that? Why are you adding that? Yeah. And yeah. part to that word that is now used within the, like predominantly the gay male community. Um, why are you using that? You obviously don't know what you're talking about. And yeah. we see these things and we think like, who is coming up with these things? Is it someone from the inside? Who's who's like flashing a distress signal to the queer community? Like help, help me out of this company. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I've seen a few, but let's keep yeah. it thirteen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so maybe that tops and bottoms Burger King ad isn't great while also being unintentionally funny. But what's the harm in it? Especially from a company that wants to support queer causes, right? From a company that even trolled known hate mongers Chick Fil A about it on Twitter and said they would donate a portion of proceeds to queer causes. There's a link to an article about that in the show notes. But in that article, you'll find mention of some of Burger King's questionable past treatment of queer employees and issues, and now we're starting to get to the heart of the matter. There's also a case where a trans employee of Burger King died after being forced to work with COVID, and the manager blamed it on her hormone replacement therapy. And this happened in California, of all places. Again, link to article in the show notes. 
I've searched and searched, and while I can find statements from Burger King regarding the death and their COVID policies, I haven't been able to find anything from them taking a stand and refuting the bigoted manager who blamed it on hormones. Maybe it's out there and I've missed it, but if you are pro-queer, and even if you just cynically want to be seen that way for our delicious queer cash, wouldn't you blanket that statement everywhere, disavowing that manager's words? It should be easy to find. Yet it's not difficult to believe that it might not even exist at all, because in our society this happens all the time. Companies will say they support us, then threaten to take away our gender-affirming care if we dare support things like unionization. Starbucks is notorious for this, and there are multiple articles in the show notes about it. Companies will say they support us, then fire us for simply wanting the same respect that every cisgender and heterosexual person at the company gets by default. There's a graphic you can see in the text versions of this topic showing corporations with their rainbow logos next to the amounts they donated to politicians who supported Florida's Don't Say Gay bill. They include Charter Communications, $229,000, DraftKings, $50,000, PepsiCo, $35,000, AT&T, $102,500, Comcast NBC Universal $92,000, Anheuser-Busch $35,000, Walgreens $31,500, Zillow $2,000, and Amazon $7,500. It's so bad, you can make jokes about it with notably evil fictional companies. There's a meme I included in the text versions of this with rainbow logos including Umbrella Corporation, UAC Union Aerospace, (laughs) Silver Shamrock Novelties, Skynet, OCP, Shinra Cor- Corporation, RR, LexCorp, Ingend, Wayland Utani Corp. That one's extra good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mishima Zaibatsu, Abstergo Industries, Black Mesa Research Facility, Aperture Laboratories, Man Company, <laughs> SCP Foundation, Mom's Friendly Robot Company, and VirtuCon. If you want some info on companies with rainbow logos who claim to support us and want our money, yet will turn around and donate to politicians who are taking their rights away. There are, again, multiple links in the show notes to all kinds of stories about them. The show notes for this episode are going to go on forever. Yeah. Are there any companies getting it right? There's a link to an article about it uh, of some that may actually be pro-queer in the show notes. And the last one that's mentioned in that article is Ulta. I get a lot of makeup and hair products from them, so I'm on their marketing emails. I get way too much email, but I want the sale notices and discounts. It's a real dilemma. But anyway, this one I experienced personally. Imagine my utter shock and very pleasant surprise when I got an email from them last year that was incredibly queer positive. You can see a very, very long, large screen cap of it in the Google Doc and social media versions of this topic. It has photos of three people of varying races and genders and images of various makeup products interspersed throughout. And text on it reads, with pride, whoever you are, whoever you love, however you identify, we're proud to celebrate and spotlight the LGBTQ plus community this month and beyond. This week, get to know organizations making a difference in the brands that support them. It then lists brands they sell and queer causes those brands all donate to. And that feels much, much closer to something real. Of course, you should still do your due diligence and check who else those companies may donate to. Alta themselves has seemingly donated very little to politicians and much more so to Democratic ones but any dollar supporting Republicans isn't great. You can see Ulta's political contributions in a link in the show notes, but you can also look up basically any company and see where their money is going on opensecrets.org. Ulta only donated $1,500 total to Republicans, but that all came from individuals and not the company itself, 
and it's utterly obliterated by the amount given in support of Democratic candidates, who are much more likely to support queer causes. That might be as good as it gets in this world. Felix, have you found any companies or organizations that celebrate Pride Month, but that you feel are actually getting things right and supporting us when and where it counts? I think, I think it's really hard because I feel as though a lot of it is how can I, like how how can we be seen to be doing the right thing? How can we put a bandaid on a bullet hole, right? And I think, yep. and I, I think it's similar with other causes as well. I mean, you know, who didn't put who? Which company didn't post a black square during you know yep. and has done nothing? You nothing know? beyond that. Yep. A lot of outrage about that. And it's the same with, you know, with like and end Asian hate and you know the list goes on yeah and I feel like I feel conflicted about this because I definitely have always been very suspicious when you know spe specifically like large institutions like banks who then fund things that are utterly homophobic and obviously yep. here with the Republican Party you're like come on what we're, what's happening here choose your tax write-off a little bit more wisely but, yes but I also feel like for me, as a person who, you know, I I was gay at the just after Section Twenty Eight left was was cancelled in the UK, and that is that was basically Scotland's "Don't Say Gay" law. So I was in primary school when that was enacted, and when I was kind of finally out as as gay for the first time um, in school, even though that law had gone, people you couldn't talk about it. You couldn't talk yeah. about it anywhere, you, you know, and of course, like, even though my, my mom was supportive, like when I did come out, it, it didn't feel like the time and it felt scary and all that. So there was nothing for me to really hold on to. I had the Ellen DeGeneres show and, you know, her career ended at that point in time when she came out. So I just had this one episode that essentially ended her career to hold on to before anything that came around. And then there was a few things after that, but there was nothing in the stores to say it was okay. Yeah. And I went to Target a couple of days ago and the Target Pride line is out, right? Yeah. There's literally an item in there that says trans people have will always be here. I can't tell you how amazing it feels. Like a, a store that is in every city, in every state in this country that has something that says that on it. That wouldn't have never have happened. I don't, I don't think there's a store in the UK that does that. Yeah. And f full disclosure, Susan and I are going there as soon as we're done recording this to pick up some <laughs> Pride merch because we saw that they had slap bracelets and hair scrunchies and I must have them. So I totally get it. It, yeah. it is an amazing feeling to see that. It, there is a level of acceptance that, that you didn't see before. And I think in a way, like, and again, I don't know anything about the, the back end of, of Target and who they, anything about their, where they donate to and with, if their money really is in their mouth or whatever. But I just keep thinking, there's a target pride line in every state right now. Yeah, that in yeah. its whether you want to call it this or not, to me is it's it's almost a form of activism. And I've seen literal TikToks of Karens in some of these red states being outraged by it. And I think the one I saw was was someone saying, or you know, do you do you agree with this the satanic pride agenda? And, oh my god! And the shop assistant's like, "Yep," and she's like, "You wait, what?" And she's like, "Both." <laughs> and I just That's amazing. Right now, that is that is a really important, valid form of, of resistance, you know. Yeah. And for, and I can't imagine what it must feel like right now to be 
a young queer trans kid in in Tennessee, Montana, any of these places, and to be able to go into a mall, perhaps with your parents who don't know or who aren't aren't supportive, and see that recognition there, it's like that must be really amazing. So there's that's the one thing where I'm like, I think that as much as we know that representation is a very double-edged sword and that's the backswing that we're facing right now, I think it does matter yeah. and I think it's really important. But then obviously, and I'm sure you want to talk about this too, we have the kind of recent examples with, with, with Bud Light, for example. And, oh, and I was just going to get into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was with trans woman Dylan Mulvaney and she did an ad for Bud Light that made bigoted conservatives lose their minds. But as soon as it happened, they walked back their support of her to mm. appeal to the bigots who got offended that a trans woman existed. Dare I say, the conservatives were the snowflake? No way. Mm. And of course, Anheuser-Busch is actually a huge donor to Republicans, so they obviously don't care about queer people all that much. So they're like, let's put out a new commercial with the uh, horses again. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that'll always be okay. Horses! Oh, links about all of that are, you guessed it, in the show notes. America. And then, even more recently, which you might not know if you are not local to L.A. here, There was a huge issue with the Los Angeles Dodgers. If you're not aware, the team was going to have a pride night, as many sports teams do, a night to celebrate their queer fans during one of the games. Seems like a good thing, right? But then this happened. The Los Angeles Dodgers tweeted the following. In the spirit of unity, the Los Angeles Dodgers are proud to host our 10th annual LGBTQ plus pride night on June 16th. This event has become a meaningful tradition, highlighting not only the diversity and resilience within our fan base, but also the impactful work of extraordinary community groups. This year, as part of a full night of programming, we invited a number of groups to join us. We are now aware that our inclusion of one group in particular, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, in this year's Pride Night has been the source of some controversy. Controversy from whom? We'll get there. From whom? (laughs) Given the strong feelings of people who have been offended by the Sisters' inclusion in our evening, And in an effort to not distract from the great benefits that we have seen over the years on Pride Night, we are deciding to remove them from this year's group of honorees. Which is even worse than not inviting them at all. Like, they uninvited them. Okay, yeah. yeah, So so what the hell's going on here? From their own website, here's who the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are a leading-edge order of queer and trans nuns. We believe all people have a right to express their unique joy and beauty. Since our first appearance in San Francisco on Easter Sunday, 1979, the sisters have devoted ourselves to community service, ministry, and outreach to those on the edges, and to promoting human rights, respect for diversity, and spiritual enlightenment. We use humor and irreverent wit to expose the forces of bigotry, complacency, and guilt that chain the human spirit. They're a charitable organization that's been around for over 40 years, made up of queer people who expose and laugh at bigotry to make political statements. They were there, supporting the community through the AIDS crisis, when we were abandoned by everyone else. In fact, the Dodgers just gave the LA chapter of the nuns an award for their 27 years of charitable service to the city. Okay, I did not know that. And then disinvited (laughs) them from Pride Night when bigots complained that the nuns make fun of bigots. You can visit ladragnuns.com to learn all about them and their mission of compassion and acceptance for everyone and how their goal is to support the queer community and spread our joy. You can read their statement on this very train wreck right there too. People like thirsty sycophant Marco Rubio from ultra-fascist Florida complained that the nuns mocked Catholics with a quote lewd imitation of nuns. And let's unpack that a little. 
because it's a continuation of the, quote, all queerness is inherently sexual bullshit that the Republicans keep spewing. We can't have a gay kiss in media, even though there's hetero kisses everywhere. Queer people are pedophiles. All that crap. Florida just made it a crime for trans people to use public bathrooms under the guise that all trans women are sex offenders by default. This is that exact same bullshit. It's like a word salad of nonsense. Yes. That's what I call it. Drag and trans people are seen as inherently sexual and awful simply by existing. Further, imitation of nuns is free speech protected by the First Amendment. There's literally nothing wrong with or illegal about it. But religious bigots get their undies in a bunch every single time they're called in their bigotry. And those religious bigots who are politicians complained at the Dodgers instantly folded. Not only that, they dared to do it while talking about unity and diversity and the impactful work of community groups, thereby implying that the sisters are the antithesis of all that. This is them saying queerness is only okay if bigots agree with it. Heaven forbid we upset the bigots by calling out their bigotry. And I think I saw the Dodgers like made another statement. They're like, oh, we didn't uh, realize this was going to be a big deal. Yeah, they made a further statement saying we may have... (laughs) We may have made a mistake when we said we made a mistake. And I don't know. It's a like train wreck now. They did not expect. Yeah. Yeah, because like, big L.A. LGBT organizations are like pulling out. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Like the LGBT center have made a, a statement. They pulled out L.A. Pride. Yep. I mean, that's huge. And I think that they they didn't. This, this this actually really like gets to the kind of crux, I think, of, of what you're talking about when it comes to rainbow capitalism. They have they do not have a full understanding of the history and the culture of the community that they claim to support. Exactly. And if you, and I think the one positive that I see from this is I actually, there, there were sisters in Scotland. I, I came up in the gay scene with sisters. I've always been around them. I've always known who they are. I'm, I was delighted to, to meet some over here as well. I literally wrote them into a screenplay that I've been working on. And I Amazing. Thought, that right, sounds great. Thought, are people even aware of them? And now people are really aware of them. So that's <laughs> that's great. true. Because I'm thinking actually probably a lot of, of, of queer people who have never heard of, of them because yeah. you maybe don't go to bars or the same bars or whatever. You know, I, I go to leather bars and they're always there. You know, great. We have a nice <laughs> time, chat about whatever. But like not everybody goes to these places and everybody knows the history there's a lot of people who don't necessarily know what was going on in the in the 80s in a, in a, in a fuller way i mean I'm, yeah. I'm sure i don't know as intimately as a lot of people so thank you so much for this publicity la dodgers you know <laughs> that's, the, that, that's a really good thing and also thank you marco rubio for once again shining a spotlight on someone like an, an institution that's far more moralistic than you could ever be you know amazing exactly yes um, but, absolutely right I was devastated. I, I, I've been a Dodgers fan since I got here, um, mainly to troll my husband, who is from the Bay Area. Um, <laughs> so I was planning to go to that for my birthday, and now I'm like, go Dodgers. Nope. <laughs> go Giants. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not coming. You know. And I've think- seen a lot of other queer people say that they were really looking forward to it, and now they're not going yeah. either. They, they're they all just so... It's just a giant middle finger to the whole community, you know? Yeah, it's absurd. It's absurd. And I think just as well to kind of like flip back to the Bud Light thing as well, This it's this lack of, of understanding and support. I feel like if you are an, if you're an institution like Bud Light, you know who your fan base is, you know, yeah. like Bud Light is a huge company. A lot of people, a lot of conservative people drink that, 
you know and i can totally see why why dylan would partner with a brand that big it's a great opportunity but i also feel like why was nobody i mean maybe this did happen but i feel like it there was nobody saying this could really backfire there could be a lot of out of like intense hatred after this and i just feel like i don't know if anybody prepped her for that you know and i yeah i i would have hoped that there would have been somebody there that could have worked with her on that rather than just abandoning her after it happened but i also feel like maybe there's something somewhere in that executive chain where those decisions were made i feel like there's something maybe kind of good happening because even though their customer base is very largely republicans somebody didn't think it would be a deal breaker to have a trans woman advertise their product and to put her face on one of their cans and that means somewhere in those high levels trans acceptance is somewhat moving and that's a good thing and it's horrible what happened to her and it's horrible how they abandoned her and left her to deal with it all on her own that's all all absolutely awful but I, think, I mean, I can see them thinking, we can expand our market. We can do this. <laughs> well, right. That's rainbow capitalism. We want those queer dollars, and it won't be a deal breaker for, you know, our, our I mean, conservative base, and then it was. Yeah. They're yeah. not going to spend the money improving the product. I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean, it's really down there in terms of quality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> well, okay. So a- as we've talked about many times on Trans Tuesdays, there are no both sides You either believe in equality and human rights or you don't. The other side of that is literal bigots and Nazis. And the Dodgers said, well, the bigots have some good points, which thereby tells every single queer person that they're not welcome there. And there you see the Dodgers' rainbow capitalism laid bare. They only wanted our dollars and they wanted to appear supportive. But in reality, they don't give two shits about us. But this, of course, brings us to, is there any ethical consumption in a capitalist society? To which the answer is probably no, and the best we can do is try to minimize the damage with our purchases while trying to effect painfully slow system-wide change. Although I do want to say, yes, you have to try. It's not going to try. just be like, well, there's no ethical consumption, so... It's fine if I go to Chick-fil-A. It's no. fine if I just do whatever I want, whatever I want. Like, Chick-fil-A will directly know. take your dollars and use them to take our rights away. Like, Don't do so, that. I've met other queer people who think Chick-fil-A, they're like, it's not a big deal. It's, it's yeah, it is. But I guess the point I'm making is just to know where your dollars are going, but also that corporations cannot, or well, should not, because clearly they can, say they support us while donating to people and organizations that want to take our rights away. This ties in directly with the Trans Tuesday on politics, where I explain how you cannot vote for people who want to harm us and claim you're an ally, a friend, or even family. You do not truly love us or care about someone you'd vote to take rights away from. And I hear you say you would never vote to take our rights away, but if you vote for politicians who do, I'm sorry to tell you that's the exact same thing. You might as well be signing trans healthcare bans yourself for all the harm you're doing. As we just mentioned, if you go to Chick-fil-A, you're giving them money they will use to hurt us. It doesn't matter if you donate the same amount you spent to a pro-queer organization. They don't cancel each other out. You're enabling their bigotry and helping them hurt us. If you're somehow aware of what they've been up to, Know that Mike Huckabee supports them and their policies, and that should really tell you all you need to know. They've changed who they donate to, but they don't say they won't resume donating to bigotry again in the future, so link in the show notes. If you're interested, The Matrix Resurrections also deals with this somewhat, although also with the erasure and co-opting of trans voices. 
But that's not an entirely unrelated topic because what are these companies doing if not claiming to be with us while not listening to us? And again, plug, 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 all of my Matrix Trans Allegories threads got me a book deal. It's called Begin Transmission, The Trans Allegories of the Matrix, and it'll be out June 27th. You can pre-order it now. So which corporations should be celebrating Pride? You can't sum it up better than this. A tweet from Erin Reed at Erin in the Morn on Twitter. She does a lot of reporting on trans laws that are being enacted around the country. And her, Which she is had, very depressing work. And it is. Her. But she has a tweet that reads, Corporate DEI team, thinking of painting your logo rainbow? Don't, unless your company has pulled out of a state with anti-trans laws, if applicable, donated to zero anti-LGBTQ politicians, covers all trans healthcare, including facial feminization surgery, hair removal, top surgery, everything. And I think that's, that's it. If you're, not, if you're not truly supporting us in all of those ways, you should not be having a rainbow logo. What a complicated topic, but thank you for being here, <laughs> Felix. Yeah, it was my pleasure. And I just want to say as well, while we're on the topic of organizations that you can donate to, if you are looking to get rid of your, to deal with your taxes in that way, <laughs> at a gala last night for Trans Can Work. They're an amazing organization who are based here in LA and they are focused on getting trans people jobs, on helping us with our resumes, skilling us up. And they work with a lot of companies like Glassdoor and they're, they really rely on funding. So if you need to send money to something, don't send it to the Dodgers. Don't send it to, <laughs> uh, send it to Trans Can Work. Thank you. That's that's beautiful, and I will be sure to put a link to them in the show notes. No way. <laughs> As my final thought, I just want to say that corporations need to not support politicians in causes that hurt us. They need to offer full trans health care coverage as part of their health insurance package. They need to use their pull to fight for us politically. Queer people are human beings who deserve equality, not inanimate pawns meant to increase your wealth. If all you want is our money and don't support us getting equal rights... Keep our names out of your mouth. Tilly Bridges and Transmission. Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges with audio editing and sound mixing by Jillian Morgan. Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at daisyandjane.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash daisyandjane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Twitter and Hive, on Mastodon at Tilly Bridges at mastodon.social, at facebook.com slash Tilly S. Bridges, and on Insta at heck yeah Tilly Bridges. And you can find Susan on all of those at Susan L. Bridges. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at tillystranstuesdays.com. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening. Hi, Tilly. Hi, Susan. Hi, Felix. Okay, so, update time. After a lot of outcry and many big queer organizations pulling out of the Dodgers' Pride Night in protest, the Dodgers thankfully reversed course and released this statement with a rainbow logo, Natch. After much thoughtful feedback from our diverse communities, 
honest conversations within the Los Angeles Dodgers organization and generous discussions with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, the Los Angeles Dodgers would like to offer our sincerest apologies to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, members of the LGBTQ community, and their friends and families. We have asked the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to take their place on the field at our 10th annual LGBTQ Pride Night on June 16th. We are pleased to share that they have agreed to receive the gratitude of our collective communities for the life-saving work that they have done tirelessly for decades. In the weeks ahead, we will continue to work with our LGBTQ partners to better educate ourselves, find ways to strengthen the ties that bind and use our platform to support all of our fans who make up the diversity of the Dodgers family. Thankfully, public pressure got them to reverse that terrible decision, but the ending of the new statement is key. They need to work with the queer community on these things. All companies do. You can't just be reactionary babies every time a bigot throws a fit. Speaking of, there's now been the whole issue with Target removing pride items based on protests from bigots. There will be a new story about this linked in the show notes, if you've missed it. And this wasn't even solely corporate greed, because Target's pride collection featured items from indie queer creators, which is exactly how it should be, so there's money going to queer people and it's helping people find their work. But then that merch is pulled, which hurts the very people you're trying to help, both the creators and those who'd like to purchase the items to support them. So this one is really tough because queer people want and deserve products that reflect who we are. And Target does donate to both political parties, but they've also donated to those taking our rights away, like Donald Trump. There will be a link in the show notes where you can see the donations that Target has given in the 2022-2020 and past election cycles. And this is a really tough situation on the surface because Target wants to and has an obligation to protect their employees, especially those who are queer and or trans. But they also have an obligation to not abandon those marginalized voices they were spotlighting. In the past, they faced backlash over things like masking policies, but they stood firm. In the past, they've also faced bigoted backlash for having an inclusive bathroom policy and letting trans people use their true names on name tags even if it hadn't been legally changed yet. And by all accounts that I could find, they respected employees' pronouns. And when the bigots complained about all of that, still Target stood firm. They didn't cave. But now they have, and thus the bigots have been emboldened. If you show them that their violence and terrorism works, they will keep doing it. You do not cave to this crap. All that does is justify it in the heads of the people who get enraged at rainbow merchandise not targeted at them. I also want to remind you that Target is a mega corporation with many resources. They need to sue the violent bigots into the ground with all of those resources, and then guess what? It will stop, and queer people will be protected. But no, they just caved, and it's sickening. And perhaps the best example of rainbow capitalism in action. I'm very sorry to have to have added this to the end of the episode. Tilly Bridges, End Transmission.